Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. Christmas greetings to you, and however you are, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing in the current circumstances, I wish you the compliments of the season from all the team at Highways News. Welcome to Highways Voices, where I'm bringing you the 46th podcast of the year, with highlights of our guests and some idea of the times it didn't quite go right. Is that right? 1.3 billion? Hmm. Don't know, mate. You wrote it. I think it is. Experts and a total lack of audio expertise on today's Highways Voices. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. All that to come, but before we hear clips of some of our podcasts of the year to remind you how much we've talked about, plus we do the bloopers as well, first let's quickly catch up with Adrian Tatum, who's been giving his own thoughts about the highlights on the Highways News website. So, Paul, for this edition, I've been looking at some of the top red stories of 2021 on the highwaysnews.com website. And that starts with a recent story about one of our partners, SRL. SRL buyout facilitates ambitious growth strategies. 3i Infrastructure purchased 92% controlling stake in the company. So a bright future ahead for SRL as it continues to invest. Elsewhere on the site, traffic enforcement expert calls for technology to be used to police mobile and seatbelt use. Road safety, a very popular subject on the site, always. ITS UK honours Patient Alley in its annual awards this year was also a top red story. And Seaman chooses five bidders for its Unix division was also one of the top 10 red stories of the year. Also recently, WJ Group acquires JMS Lincoln Limited. And our podcast, Brave Behavioural Scientists, urge transport plans to think individually, not the average, was also one of the top 10 and most listened to podcasts of the year. Smart motorways scheme put on hold as the government reviews smart motorways. The first zebra crossing of its kind in the UK to light up for pedestrians was installed in Portsmouth. That was a top red story as well. And um, Unix again, Unix traffic to install the Zephyr air quality monitors across the Liverpool region was also very popular with our readers during 2021. Um, some of the more quirky stories as well. Bus lane camera confuses woman's jumper for a number plate. It was very popular. And the RSTA responding to the RSE claim that roads are in desperate need of repair after a missed opportunity in pandemic also made the top 20. Uh, as did National Highways Director discusses tackling range anxiety and cleaning up the fleet, which was one of our podcasts from a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the story about A303 Stonehenge approval to be reconsidered also made the top 20. Thanks, Adrian. And remember that if you haven't already, you can get the news to your inbox every lunchtime by signing up on our website. And our weekly highlights appears midday Saturday as well, all at highways-news.com. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. As promised, our Christmas bloopers on the way, but first it was back on the 28th of January that we launched Highways Voices. So welcome to the first in our new series of podcasts from Highways News. This is Highways Voices. Each week we'll be speaking to one or more key people in the highways and transport technology industries, always somebody really worth hearing from. And I think I've delivered what I said there with a host of fascinating guests and two trips with podcasts on the road, including five from Hamburg at the IT 
RTS World Congress. Now, our first guest was Swarco's new MD, John Pickworth. The company has grown from, from different parts. So whether that be different acquisitions, whether it be different objectives from the client point of view, and also different standards in the different countries, we've had to build the company together um, into what you see it today. Although I found out at Highways UK that he didn't realise how special he was. First of all, I didn't realise I was the first uh, the first person on your podcast, so that's good news. Thank you very much. I'm proud to be that. We've had some high-profile guests over the weeks. Do you remember Michael Rod? He of tomorrow's world fame, if you're old enough to remember that. He was looking back 50 years to when he tried out a prototype in-car nav system. Here was a, a little car with a tape player and if you fed the right cassette into it, it talked to you at each point in the journey you were taking with the next instruction. 1971, no one had ever come across anything quite like this. We're probably quite used to our navigator sitting in the passenger seat, shouting instructions and trying to read a map and complaining. But here was something crystal clear, 500 yards, turn right before the zebra crossing. It was unbelievable. And former Transport Minister Stephen Laderman reminisced about his own TV fame. I've got to say being on Top Gear was fabulous and it puts a politician's fame into context because when you become an MP, you know, you appear on Panorama or Question Time or something like that and you think, everybody knows me now, nobody knows you because the only people who watch those programmes are other MPs. But Top Gear... For weeks afterwards, people were stopping me in the street, honking their horn. (laughs) Little boys in supermarkets were hiding behind their dad's legs, peering out, you know, at at me. And and even years and years later, I'd moved to Somerset after I left um, Parliament, and I was walking through Shepton Mallet, and a little boy on his bicycle screeched to a halt beside me and said, you were on Top Gear, and it must have been... Five years after I'd been on top gear. We had a current transport minister too. Trudy Harrison gave her reaction to what she saw at the ITS World Congress. The kind of um, positive mentality that I'm seeing from the people, particularly on the UK stand, is fantastic. But also to be able to see the demonstrations as well of how these smart machines are being utilised on real streets, in real communities, across Europe and beyond and that is so important particularly at the early stages of my new role in the Department for Transport. The Mail on Sunday columnist Peter Hitchens joined us to explain his opposition to e-scooters. This is complacency and nobody talks about the fact that which is known to anybody in, in even in our uncrowded cities at the moment uh, that these things are written very much written on pavements and on footpaths and places where, where vulnerable people are, and they can they can attain speeds. I know officially they're limited, but everybody also knows that the the limits can be easily overcome with a bit of electronic know-how. Uh, they can attain speeds of 25 miles an hour, and they're quite heavy. Uh, I, if you pick one up, uh, to be struck by one of those things on from behind on the pavement is quite dangerous. And as Adrian mentioned earlier, leading behavioural scientist Rory Sutherland of Ogilvy was a popular podcast, second only to Peter Hitchens in the number of listens we've got on a particular issue. And he gave a very interesting explanation of why we're looking at transport all wrong. An understanding of human psychology offers far more potential for ingenuity in transport solutions 
than simply looking at what you might call real-world SI-derived metrics of speed and punctuality and, and you know, uh, capacity. So the scope for ingenuity is much, much greater if you're prepared to actually wrestle with some of the counterintuitive and sometimes eccentric mysteries of human perception, actually. This really goes deep down to kind of epistemology because we don't perceive the world objectively. We have, you can see this from the English language, time flies when you're having fun or it was the longest 10 minutes of my life. You know, we don't perceive time like a metronome or a stopwatch, for example. And ultimately it's our perception of time that probably matters more to our behavior than the objective duration of something. And the second component of this is perhaps the more important but less fun, which is if you don't understand psychology, you can make very terrible mistakes because you can do things which seem perfectly logical within the framework of, say, economic modeling, but which are actually catastrophic uh, in terms of behavior. Now, I've only got a small example of this. I've just bought an electric car. Now, the electric car gives you effectively no, no congestion charge. And unfortunately, this acts as a slight incentive for me to drive into London. In my petrol car, I drove in, uh, let me see, I drove into London probably twice a year. To be honest, there doesn't need to be a congestion charge because the act of driving in London is so horrible that, to be honest, they should be paying me compensation for my general stress and <laughs> human suffering. But because I've got this electric car, it now creates the slight feeling that to get my money's worth, I need to drive into London a bit more frequently than I did before. We had a huge number of experts in their field chatting to us over the weeks, like Helen Blood of Boundary PR marketing tfl's glenn barton white willow consulting owner andy graham nutritionist Julie bronton adepts mark corbin and first in this section jeff collins of unoptic one of the things that needs to be addressed by the the operators of technology is to make people appreciate why something is happening rather than it's just a a blind autonomous thing at the side of the road you earn compliance and you earn respect rather than you demand it. We are inconsistent as an industry in the information that we provide and it varies depending on the local authority, the transport authority, uh, the contractor that's involved. I don't think I've ever experienced such a change so quickly in the composition of use of our network. All of a sudden, you know, commuting trips stopped, people weren't going into work, but people were going out and walking around our network Many more people are cycling around our network and we had to respond to that very, very quickly. So using all the tools in our armory, things like traffic signals, changing the cycle time, so how long people have to wait at traffic lights, making sure that we're optimising for cyclists at those junctions as well. We used to say the average age of a vehicle on the road was 7.9 years. Uh, we haven't sold that many this year, so it's going up. So the average age is going up. So therefore we need to deal with existing vehicles but the good news is that most people have got a comms unit in their vehicle called a smartphone or a SIM card in a newer one. So we can collect loads of data. We can also get a channel into vehicles. And don't think by vehicles, I just mean cars. Think about freight. Think about white vans. Think about old things and slow things like combine harvesters. And this weekend, we're going to do the London to Brighton run. We're going to have three 1900 cars equipped my technology in order to identify where the vehicles are and in order to uh, give messages to them. And if we're going to have 
veteran cars and autonomous cars in the future, that's the technology that we're going to need. It has to be something that's really important to you. So the first thing that, that resonated with me, as you said, it's raining outside, I'm blowed if I'm getting on my bike. Not everybody would think that. So somebody with the goal of actually doing some form of cycle challenge or competition would get on the bike anyway, because they know that the goal is that they want to achieve and maybe win whatever that might be. So that's important to them. When it comes down to general public, let's say, when they start on any form of change, it's really, really important that they can measure, first of all, but also see what is it going to reach? What are they going to obtain by doing the thing that they're doing? We do have to go on a period of searching to try and figure out what is going to work best in this post-pandemic environment. And I don't think we will land on that immediately because... It will take some time to figure out the things that we used to do. You know, we were talking earlier about, you know, perhaps if you had a conference in Bristol and you were traveling from Newcastle, you know, you would have given no thought to going and staying overnight and coming back. But we've now recognized that there is a different way that we can do things. And we have to now try and embrace that and let that form part of the new normal. And finally, over the weeks, remember several of our industry's finest giving their views on leadership, including SRL's Richard Treadwin, Clearview Intelligence's Nick Lanigan, and Elkrig's Martin Duffy. You have to have a bit of entrepreneurial spirit. I think there's something in all of us that creates the desire to, to sort of help grow a team and grow and support a business. So entrepreneurialism, a bit of thinking outside the box is always important. You've got to be confident in, in what you do, take risks where needed, stand behind the decisions that you and your team make, whether those are the right decisions at the time or the wrong decisions always get proven later, but be willing to take responsibility for, for the losses as well as your wins. So, you know, not we can't make the right decision every single time. We just have to do and, and do the best we can in, in certain situations. There is no so no silver bullet. I think it's very much understanding individual skills, individuals' mindsets. And, and for me, you know, give the team around you that sort of autonomy as well. So they understand their role they're there to do. They understand why they're there to do it. They don't need me on their shoulder, me in their ear every day of the week, every, any, every minute of the day. You know, they know what these guys are. Good guys, they're clever guys, they understand their field of expertise, give them the freedom to express themselves. Good leader, uh, Adrian, made up of a whole series, obviously, of different attributes. You know, you probably have to start with saying that it's got to be somebody who can provide the vision for the organisation that he or she belongs to. Somebody who can develop a strategy that will allow that vision to be realised so that they can then drive off through that strategy and make sure that it's delivered and stick it out when, when things get tough. Now, remember, you can hear all of those interviews and so, so many more in full on our podcast page on the website. A whole wealth of information and expertise for you. Thanks to all these Highways Voices. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. One of the things about doing a podcast is that you can edit it after you've done the recording to make it sound as easy on the ear as possible. And through the year on Highways Voices, we've had plenty of need to call up the audio editor. From interruptions... It's often not by experts in the ITS field. <laughs> ...to unexpected moments at home... Oh, 
misnaming the organisation you're speaking for just after you've said you won't misname the organisation you're speaking for. Within Highways England. So a lot of this work will be realised in... Adrian, yeah. before you step in, Elliot, if you could say within national highways, and oh, I'll edit that in, please. That, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to write a little. Uh, I, yeah. And we've even had the strange moment where an interviewee turned into a Dalek. Uh, that's the reason why we have summarized this special projects, 40 coming projects uh, coming from Hamburg, and in addition, more than 40 projects and demonstrations activities are coming from outside the area of Hamburg. So we have to make it quite easier to, to, to join. But to be honest, most of the problems have been with your hosts. Elsewhere, one of the UK's public trans... Working effort... 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 look, I'm saying. Working... Really hard. Debate and collaboration are key to its success. And just give me a sec. I just need to go back. And... Sorry. I just need to get the right story up. No problem. Uh, come on. Says that the transport decarbonation plan will follow... Uh, sorry says that the transport decarbonisation plan will follow earlier... No. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Uh, if I'm the right bit, that does help. This was based around the transport decarbonisation plan, which... Oh no, that's not right. Sorry. <laughs> I'll be with you in half an hour. Yeah, big news this week. TFL's new funding <laughs> so um, Highways News has started the search for companies interested in helping it deliver, deliver its next generation of pa pavement delivery framework the new 1.3 is that right 1.3 billion mm. don't know mate you wrote it I think it is and that's all Adrian and that sounds a bit unfair because to be honest I generally have been the worst how quickly would they be able to charge their vehicle? <coughs> Excuse me. By asking how the last year has been for him. <coughs> Had a tickle all the way through that. That was awful. <coughs> and uh, talking of which, Adrian, what's... Um, and talking of which, Adrian, what's... Uh, God. Um... <laughs> And talking of which, Adrian, what's caught your eye this week? And boy, can we ask questions. Just one more question, if that's okay. Um, what role systems like the reflow system play in the future development of the highway sector? We've seen various different moves over the last year from, from companies merging, from companies moving to more sustainable directions we've spoken about, uh, from companies moving from outsourcing to insourcing and back again. So what, what support does this system give more safer, more efficient, and more productive, uh, more safer, more efficient, and more productive workflows in the system. But while you know, supporting the system as it moves from the kind of more traditional outcomes, a more traditional outputs approach to a more conditional to a future outcomes industry, and generally mess up regularly. And um, I think it's a, it's, and I think it's, hang on, let's try that again. Good job, I can edit this. <laughs> follows Bristol and other cities in the area. So it launching it this week, 
no that's rubbish hang on um make sure you hind up hind up including ones in the river din the river <laughs> little don <laughs> to address those issues together Hold on, I was pulling up some notes and I therefore had uh, managed to then not be able to minimise my, or not be able to undo my um, my muting. So as I say, it's all um, it's all well uh, edited. The, the new framework will replace previous surfing and pavement arrangements. And this is a formal invitation. Surfing um, or surfacing? Surfacing. You said surfing. Did I? Sorry. It's very relaxed and as I say, it all comes out in the edit. Okay. Brilliant. All right, then. So, um, Adrian, I will mute myself and I'll let you kick oh. off. OK. So, Chris, the COVID, the COVID, pan the COVID pandemic hasn't brought about many... Second, that's just like, guys, you've just heard a live piece of uh, content for the Christmas tape, OK? Along with... F*** off. <laughs> <laughs> also, this week, 10 organisations... Um, have said that working with local communities is the... Oh, that's the wrong one. Sorry. Hang on. It's the appointment to listen transport podcast... Good start. <clears throat> <laughs> and she looked visit visibly spar uh, visibly spa sparkled? Visibly yeah. startled. She looked visibly startled by it. Yenoptic, one of our partners here at Highways News, delivering their 200th try saying that again without sounding like I had a stroke. We occasionally went all posh. Clarendon Road and Palmerston Road in, in the area. My co-owner here at Highways News, Adrian Tatum, joins me as always. And Adrian, a really interesting reaction to last week's programme with Peter Hitchens. Sorry, one second. <laughs> one second. I've just got to shut the door. Hang on one Shut up, I can see where you are. Oh, you're back. Okay. Shall we? Are you I'm ready, sorry. sorry. A really interesting reaction to last week's programme with Peter Hitchens. Yes, we've had as a result of him being on, and, you know, among the leading... What's that? Among them are leading... Oh, uh, okay. Working effort... effort, effort look, look, I can't say it. Working really hard... That is my favourite, that and the Daleks. I did have to include that one again. So that's it. Let's see if we can get through without having to uh, go to the audio editor. The end of this podcast. Here we go. That's it for Highways Voices this year. Thanks to Adrian for all his hard work on the series too. Thank you to all our guests for taking the time to share their expertise. And mostly thank to you. See, got it wrong. Let's try it again. And mostly thank you for listening. Otherwise, it would have been a pretty pointless exercise. Have a lovely Christmas break and talk again in the new year. Highways Voices, hearing from the people who matter in the highways industry.